0: good morning campers campers. today's activities include coming back from summer break where I uh, I may have met the love of my life
1: lunch today will be served at the old vault shop that every town has
0: and to end the night we will be Sarah oh my god the, the podcast is rising into the sky Sarah what's wrong with our podcast Oh, so many things.
1: So put on your sunscreen, bug spray, and camp uniform as we dive into Greece.
0: Not an actual, like, vat that of. <laughs> That's my retirement Greece.
1: <laughs> but... <laughs> or the nation state.
0: Yes. Nice wives today, Sarah.
1: Damn it, I thought I was going to be the first person to get there. Nice wives today, Sam. <laughs>
0: I am your camp counselor, Sam, pro-bodybuilder and training on this Olympia weekend and current drag queen.
1: Uh, I am camp counselor, Sarah. I had an interest in school, so I think I'm an extra barely in this film. And we are here to ask, is it camp? We're diving into popular culture of all kinds to loosely identify what makes something camp.
0: We are not here to be the definitive experts on it, but rather just talk about this often overlooked and frankly queer subgenre. So, Greece. So for the first
1: time in like 25 years, both of us watched this film. We've both seen it before, um, but not in a long time.
0: Very long time.
1: What a bunch of
0: assholes. Holy shit. The people in this movie.
1: I hate them all. <laughs> Sandy's alright. <laughs>
0: yeah. Sandy's okay until she decides Smoking's real cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, Olivia Newton-John and, uh, to my surprise, John Travolta are both very good in this movie. It's just that I hate everyone on screen.
0: Wow, I didn't think you'd come to me with such vitriol. Like I I just came out of the movie going like okay. All right.
1: No, you That's know, fine. we try we try to see the positive and you know, a lot of the times for comedy's sake, it's a lot easier to go I hated this. This is the worst thing ever made. That sort of thing.
0: And there are there are bright points in this movie. Oh, yeah. I think I think there are some genuinely fun and funny things that happen. But I, it's, not, it's not for me. This isn't something that was made for me.
1: No, this is a story about a man named Eugene, who is gay and gay bashed routinely at school, who I hope goes on to leave a very, lead a very rich and fulfilling life.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cuz the alternative of where that bashing may lead to is uh too unspeakable to think of.
1: Yeah. So I like to think that Eugene went on and le- led a much better life than everybody else in this movie.
0: Yeah, they they were all having that collective stroke song at the end where they were just uttering tongues and eugene (laughs) was just sneaking off to find his people somewhere else
1: yeah not not to be too cliche
0: but eugene definitely
1: like got a really good job at ibm
0: yeah yeah okay all right so i i programmed this one this is my fault Uh, i i i am not mad at you for watching this i think it's really
1: interesting that we came back to this as adults
0: yeah this this kind of was like a kind of crucible moment for me i was like you know what i should just buckle up and fucking watch Grease because i know i know so many people who love it i know it's a cultural touchstone i know mm. right it, f- fuck the, the movie was the third highest grossing movie of the year
1: oh you want to play like... a quick game of a uh, quick uh run on the box office game
0: oh man oh are we gonna do the box office game this is great
1: we're not gonna fully do the box office game we're gonna do a variation on it which is guess how much this movie doubled tripled etc over all its runs has made its budget back Uh,
0: it feels wrong to be doing this without robin here but i know (laughs) let's be naughty (laughs) Uh, 15 times. More. 20. More. Uh, 43. More. What? (laughs) 50?
1: More. 70. Less. This movie had a budget of $6 million and has made at the box office over 366 million which means it has earned its budget back 61
0: times and that's just box office revenue yeah that's not counting you know home video and dvd sales and special edition dvd sales and nope. special blu-ray edition special sing along edition yeah yeah who knows how many versions of this film has been released on vhs dvd Mm blu-ray uh hd dvd for the brief time that that existed yeah wow 61 times that's um i mean it's still not the top grossing film to budget ratio of all time i believe Uh, which would be
1: i mean that's got to be a horror movie right
0: no i'm I'm, as horrible as this sounds i'm pretty sure it's deep throat (laughs) oh okay that makes sense yeah because that was made on a budget of like a thousand bucks yeah yeah like no money was put into it and then it made stu- stupid money at the box office back when we could actually show pornography as a film yeah for more for listen to karina
1: kids. longworth and you must remember this
0: okay cool interesting but yeah, um this this movie has always been kind of like I I don't like 50s nostalgia. It creeps me out. It's there I was thinking about this. It has been
1: done well sometimes. Um but most of the time yeah, it's awful.
0: Yeah, I think Pleasantville is a very good example of uh the dismantling of 50s nostalgia
1: mhm
0: right uh because it's it's you no know, we we look through it as like the wholesome period of of americana and boy howdy wasn't everything just keen and peachy and everything was fine and it's like mm, no, no there's massive amounts of sexism some ra- racism you know xenophobia over here the fear of the bomb you know, constant queer phobia, blah, 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 blah. This was all just the white sh- uh, heteronormative sheen that was put on all of media and then the nostalgia of said media from that period. And uh, it gives me the ics. I don't like going into 50s styles diners because of this.
1: Mm, that's interesting. I didn't know that about you.
0: Yeah, I, I really don't like 50s Styles Diner. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, this is both incredibly tacky mm-hmm. First off, it's, it's that wrong level of tacky for me.
1: Oh, I love but that level of tacky.
0: No, no. It's like, I, I could only look at so many pictures of Marilyn Monroe and Elvis <laughs> yeah. in one building. <laughs> Thank you very much. The two of them and James Dean sharing a milkshake. Oh, yeah, that's right. James Dean, the guy who made a million films. Hold on a second. I'm getting a news note. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't make a million films? What? <laughs> yeah, no, 50s nostalgia has always creeped me out. It's, uh, something like, my mom will say, like, no, we can't go there. It's a 50s diner, and Sam doesn't like that. <laughs> like, okay, great. You forget that I don't drink Coke, but... Uh, you remember that one thing so i guess (laughs) that's good yeah so i was just like all right i'm gonna face my it's not a fear it's just my my deep uncomfortable squick Mm -hmm. and watch this movie and you know i wasn't given the squicks because you know this movie a lot more adult than i thought it was gonna be oh yeah (laughs) holy shit (laughs) uh but that actually brings us Nicely into my background for the episode. Ooh, go for it. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about nostalgia. Ooh, the mysterious pain slash pleasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because I was just like, you know what? Let's let's talk about this thing, and that way we never have to talk about this thing again. <laughs> okay. All right. <clears throat> Webster's Dictionary. <laughs> it, it's derived from the Greek word uh nostos, which means homecoming, and the Homeric word algos, which means sorrow or despair.
1: Oh, so it's literally like homesick in a different language.
0: Basically. It, well, you know, it's it's two quote-unquote different languages mm. smooshed together, right? You know, it's like how some people say, yeah, I I hate homosexuals. It's like, why? Because it's using a Greek root and a Roman root in the same word. And that's ridiculous.
1: (laughs) People say the same thing about television. (laughs) I hate homosexuals Uh, and television, but not for the reason you think. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. So the word was first coined in 1688 Mm -hmm. by a medical student, Johann Hoffer who used the word to describe the anxieties displayed by swiss mercenaries fighting away from home oh i know it's, it's a little sad they were like oh we're out and about in the, this wide world i miss the the sloping alps of, of, of switzerland and ooh, and those longhorns and, and goats <laughs> and here i am murdering people i guess
1: yeah, it's weird to think that even back in the 1600s people were like, ah, oh, this bed isn't quite right. I miss the the way the straw would stick in my back from my mattress at home.
0: Yeah. It, and and it's it's I think this this time specifically would be the kind of time where we are taking note of it, you know, 1688. Is because, all right, we're 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 now moving out of the quote-unquote dark ages. We're firmly into the renaissance. You know, science is being explored more. And on top of it, the world is starting to get connected better, mm-hmm. right? Where we're traveling the world, we're exploring new countries. All of a sudden, there's these places like China. <laughs> and, you know... They're, they're sending armies all over the place. Not that we weren't sending armies all over the place before, but now it's like, oh, now is the time of recording shit. People are writing. It's not just some dusty old monks inside of a monastery. Yeah, it's you're starting to life.
1: get more mass communication within Europe.
0: Yeah. So this, this idea of nostalgia, not that it suddenly cropped up in 1688, but that it was being observed and preserved at that mm-hmm. time. So this is why in a lot of countries, it it was also known as Mal du Suisse.
1: Oh, that's a lot nicer name than, uh, it's, a, it's a lot nicer meaning than I would think. Because you know how like chlamydia is called the French disease or whatever. And in different languages, mm. it's always like, it's the English disease. It's the German disease, whatever. Mal du Suisse is, is quite a sweet, sweet one.
0: Yeah, it's like, I miss Tamagotchis. Boy, do I have the mal du suisse today. <laughs> uh, so later, this was translated into the word homesickness by Sir Joseph Ooh. Banks during the first voyage of Captain Cook. Uh,
1: the one positive from that voyage.
0: <laughs> We've come up with the word for homesickness. Great. Now I'm going to commit crimes around the world.
1: Yeah. What other words can you use to describe what you're seeing on this voyage?
0: (laughs) So originally, this wasn't a psychological term. It was a medical term. Hmm. Because it was seen as a form of melancholy that would become an important trope in romanticism overall. Because boy, oh boy, do those romantics love melancholy.
1: Yeah. They're always, you know, topping themselves like Goethe.
0: Yeah. So. Not
1: Goethe. Vertha. And... Never mind.
0: <laughs> You'd know better than I would. So.
1: Uh, Goethe wrote about Vertha, who killed himself. This is starting to sound very rural, juror.
0: <laughs> At least they're not experiencing urban fervor.
1: <laughs> Do you know the difference between um, uh, Goethe and Joyce?
0: No. Oh, no. What's the difference between Goethe and Joyce?
1: Oh, shit. I got the joke wrong. It's the wrong way around. The, the You're supposed to say, what's the difference between a Goethe and a Joyce? And then you say Goethe. Joyce wrote Ulysses and Goethe wrote Faust. Anyway, let's move on.
0: <laughs> you know, sometimes not sticking the joke is also funny. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so... Yeah, because it was medical, it was seen as a medical anomaly. Mm-hmm. Um, the scientists at the time actively tried to search for a source of nostalgia or what they believed was a nostalgia bone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it would not be discovered until the Kenner Corporation existed. <laughs>
0: He's got water in the knee and his nostalgia bones broken <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. by the 1850s it became clear that it was not a disease but rather a psychological process
2: mm-hmm.
0: but it was still being considered as a medical diagnosis up into the american civil war and then during the world wars it was being studied in an effort to try and stop troops from abandoning the front lines. It's that odd, you know, it's the nostalgia that's causing these boys to have to go home, and not the horrors of war (laughs) that's causing them to go home.
1: Yeah, you're just sticking some poor sop who's on the sum. They're like, would you like to watch a YouTube compilation of three hours of commercials from when you were eight years old?
0: (laughs) Oh, that'll get me in fighting for uh, fit to killing more Jerries. <laughs> but it's, it's strange that nostalgia itself is something that has been studied so heavily, mm-hmm. right. For so long as well. When, you know, things like PTSD is, it wasn't studied until more recently.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. You, you'd think, ah, uh, yes, people living through horrors constantly in the past. No, I don't need to worry about that. But for some reason, they want to go home. That's weird.
1: <laughs> yeah, they, these boys must be broken in some way before they got to the war.
0: Don't, don't you enjoy the mud pit that you've been living in for the past 12 months? What? <laughs> must be something wrong with them. So, as you and I both know, and maybe the audience at large, uh, nostalgia is heavily influenced by cognitive biases. And usually, this comes in a twofold punch of what's called rosy retrospection and declinism. So, rosy retrospection oh. is is pretty uh, self self evident. It's that ah, things in the past, things when I was young, were better. It was simpler. Things were better overall. You know, and that's usually because when you're young. You aren't aware of all the larger things that are happening in the world, right? Um, When I was a child, I didn't know what apartheid was. Didn't mean it didn't exist. And so we we couple that with something called declinism. And declinism isn't a looking at the past. It's a looking at the present and going, well, why is everything going to shit?
1: Yeah. So things were better before and they're worse now. And they're going to be worse in the future.
0: Yes. Right. Uh, so it creates, it, it's this this cognitive bias that works to reinforce that your nostalgia is good. That it's mm-hmm. better. That the things that came before were a better time, which is not necessarily true. Return with a V. So the reason that emotion is such a heavy influence on the feelings of nostalgia is due to the fact that the stimuli often associated with it passes through the amygdala first and as this all as all of us brain people know the amygdala is the part of the brain that processes emotion i just learned that too don't worry <laughs> don't don't feel like sarah and i ah yes astute brain scientists <laughs> that we are
1: I just thought I was just thinking of the old mood ring joke. I've lost my amygdala and I don't know how I feel about that.
0: <laughs> um there's a lobotomy joke in there somewhere. I can't yeah. quite put my finger on it. Uh so because this used to be a medical diagnosis, it was believed that people could actually die from nostalgia. <laughs> There's a couple people
1: that I could pick nowadays who I would like to die from nostalgia.
0: <laughs> they would just pine so hard for things in the past that they just stop living, I guess. You just
1: have to say the word Kathleen Kennedy to them and they pop out of the woodwork. <laughs>
0: uh, and, and it's basically because they, they were worried that people could experience such extreme levels of homesickness
1: yeah it's like uh it's like when you hear about people dying of a broken heart
0: that one I can believe oh that, yeah that, that, that one I believe like it.
1: Johnny Cash died
0: of that yeah i I know so many like little old married couples where the second one spouse dies it's like okay this person doesn't have much longer to live only because their lives were so entwined mm-hmm. and their love for each other was so pure uh. <laughs>
1: You're at the, at the grocery store trying to help little old widowers, like, mm, Steer away from the green bananas,
0: mister. Oh no, Sarah. That's the darkest thought I've ever associated with a banana. <laughs> the doctor would like to have a word with you. And I mean the doctor with a capital T and D. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so, currently nostalgia is seen as an independent and often positive emotion that most people experience. So in terms of positives, it can, and I'll, I'll, I'll do this lesson. We can wa- work through it. It can improve mood, mm-hmm. uh, preserve cultural heritage, create social bonds, provide existential meaning and enhance positive self-regard. So yeah, in terms of improved mood, like that, that's easy, right? Yeah. Like, you're feeling a little down in the dumps, and oh, you think of something that, from way long ago, it's like, ah, oh, okay, I remember that. You know what? Shit's not so bad after all. Hooray! Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that thing. I liked Pogs. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, howdy, were Pogs a thing!
1: I owned so many fucking Pogs.
0: I know, like. I can't believe somebody conned us into these <laughs> cardboard discs.
1: The thing that gets me is the accessories. Like, I had the special tubes that you could store your pogs in. i That's the guy I want
0: to be. Oh, man. And, you know, you wanted the good slammers and everybody was trying to out-slammer each other. And Oh, God. You will never Incred- get broke selling glitter to eight-year-olds. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. So yeah, that, that's that's pretty simple, right? Improvement, mm-hmm. preserve cultural heritage. I think this one's really important. I I, I like that nostalgia does this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, this can be a double-edged sword because yeah. it can turn around and do pretty horrible, nasty things. But when it's like you know, um, when when you see little uh, communities of people far outside of what's suppo- where they're cultural roots are but they still have their things like i i love i love that around this time of year there are billboards around the gta that are of course for for products and services and shit but who cares but they're talking about uh this um shit what's what's the Diwali? Diwali. that's it yeah. thank you You're I, I was thinking
1: that because i saw a Diwali thing in a grocery store the other day
0: I love seeing that because it's like cool. First off, it's a break from the Christmas we have to sit through for the two months at the end of every fucking year. But I I want to see other people's cultures and and their their holidays and stuff that that I would love to see what a Diwali celebration would be like. Mm-hmm. Right, and it helps them pre- to preserve it in Canada, an extremely not India country
1: a country where if In you ever needed it. a reason to say it's okay there's going to be light during the winter that's <laughs> yes. pretty good reason I um I, I have an uncle who's um, Ukrainian Orthodox and it's the same thing. It's really amazing to see this community that I didn't i I had never had an entree into before knowing him to see this amazing Ukrainian diaspora
0: yeah and oh man it's it's beautiful it's it's lovely and i love that here in canada at least in the areas that i've been to there's there's so many preserved pockets of of cultural heritage Mm-hmm. Mm, mm, gives me the, the warm fuzzies thinking about it uh creating social bonds also real easy to talk about like you and i we just talked about pogs yep <laughs> hey we we have a thing in common you and i could potentially be friends because we both experienced a nostalgic event
2: mm-hmm.
0: right i mean that's that goes into the cultural heritage thing right like finds like you want to find people who celebrate with you but how easy is it to make friends as adults when it's remember this thing ah yes i remember said thing i too enjoyed old thing that no longer exists Mm -hmm. uh provides existential meaning i mean that that's up to the user i guess at that point (laughs) but But, i think
1: we especially nowadays with both the positive and negative aspects of uh nostalgia we see a lot of people building their identity around nostalgia
0: Hmm. Yeah, there there is a lot of identity building. I think, I mean, in some of those cases, that is negative. Uh, there are some people, boy howdy, there are some people who really build their identity around a nostalgic thing, and that's it. That's their whole identity. And they are militant as fuck about it. But I think for existential meaning, there can also be times of like, you know what? I'm going through a real rough patch right now, but looking back in the past i've made it through some real rough patches before i think i can survive this too that's that's a bit of an existential meaning to me Mm -hmm. right you know it's millennia of people have somehow fucked and made you you can certainly make it through the rest of the day exactly and enhancing positive self-regard you think of friends, you think of family members, and events, and there's there's a, a thought that comes into my mind every once in a while, and this was me hanging out with my coach and uh, one of the other wrestlers, and we were all high as fuck, <laughs> and I'm just sitting there zoned out, and my coach is writing things on the computer. And the other guy is watching a movie in the background, but we're all sitting like right next to each other. And none of us are really interacting, but this is, you know, we're just hanging out. Yeah. And as I'm zoned out, the the wrestler just suddenly speaks up and he says, you've been served. <laughs> and the uh, the rest of us looked at him. What the fuck was that? <laughs> But now we positively look back on that as just like that's one of the funniest moments in our life. He, he he tried to explain that it was a line from the movie he was watching that neither of us were paying attention to. <laughs> just the <laughs> fact that it came out of his mouth that way. Uh, that's great. Yeah, that always makes me feel warm and fuzzy. I, I enjoy that. That's that's my a tiny bit of nostalgia for me. But yeah, uh, it can also be found. To aid in memory and learning Hooray, nostalgia Don't download those apps that say that'll help your brain function Just remember some things <laughs> However, there can also be negative factors to it As it can be a form of self-deception Or even external mass deception Oh, yeah. I, would, I would like to point you to a four-letter phrase That has become some very toxic nostalgia Yep a four-letter phrase often found on red baseball caps. I shan't say it here, but if you know, you know.
1: Thank you. We don't have to scrub it off the walls of the Izzet Camp Palace.
0: No, God, no. <laughs> there is no bleach strong enough to get it out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's become a form of uh, mass delusion, mass mass gaslighting, if you will, mm-hmm. that there was a better period of time. And boy, howdy, wouldn't it be great if we all just went back to that better period of time? You know, the time when more people had fewer rights. Mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway, uh, nostalgia is often used in advertising, too. right? We see it all the time. Yeah. We see it all, all the time. Like, we live in 30-year cycles. Everything from the 90s is starting to come back. And uh, so much so now that advertising doesn't even need to use a time or a place that most people have experienced in order to evoke those feelings. This is known as vicarious nostalgia, and it's something that is becoming more and more prevalent for people. There's a lot of people who genuinely feel nostalgic for a time and place they never experienced.
1: Oh, is this like the Zoomers going in 1998, all candy was homemade? What? What? Oh yeah, Zoomers are like, oh my god, in the 90s, you hung out with your friends, you weren't online, and sweets came from the kitchen, not the corner store. What yeah, the it's, fuck? Yeah, it's like a, a much-mocked TikTok, but yes, this is not actually a widely held thing, but I saw it and everybody was like, uh, what the fuck oh. are you talking about? We were on our computers all the time and we only ate Oleo.
0: I, I like are they thinking of the 1880s I know, because right? both both those things would have been true in the 1880s I think there were I think that attitude existed amongst
1: people our age like watching Johnny Hughes movies and being like oh I definitely would have fit in better then not realizing that obviously it was worse back then
0: yeah. Um, like as as much as I love the aesthetics of yeah, you know, the like the disco era and into the, the neon eyesores that was you know the the, the new wave scene of the eighties, I I don't delude myself into thinking that, ah yes, those two, they were better times when yeah. I dunno, there was a whole bunch of sexism and racism and 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 homophobia and all kinds of stuff happening.
1: You could not go anywhere without breathing in secondhand smoke.
0: uh, There was so much lead in the pipes that it was creating tons of serial killers. (sighs) You had
1: to say, no, I would like unleaded gas, please. I would not like to go insane from driving my car that gets three miles to the gallon.
0: Why does everyone's cars and homes smell like cigarettes? Yeah. God, like, I, I, I remember the time... As a child, when you could still go to restaurants and there was the smoking and non-smoking section, like as it if the made cigarettes made a fucking difference. Like the cigarette smoke knew to stop.
1: <laughs> I, the crazy oh. thing was, kids, it did make a difference because you were in the like twenty parts per million, not the two hundred parts per million section. You genuinely would feel the difference if you were in the smoking section.
0: Yeah, it I, it made a difference, but you know what really made a difference? <laughs> Making it illegal to smoke inside. Yeah.
1: Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine how much uh, paint manufacturers would have hated that? They're like, oh, places aren't 18 layers of paint deep trying to get rid of the tar on the walls anymore.
0: Oh, my God. Just wild things. Yeah, stuff like that, as well as like in airplanes, there was a smoking and non-smoking yep. section. Yes, this sealed tube. The smoke's definitely going to get stuck at the back because the plane's going so fast. <laughs> it'll just get pushed to the back, Right. <laughs> See see sometimes nostalgia does make us feel good in that hey we do live in a better time in terms of not having to constantly inhale cigarette smoke.
1: Yeah, instead we just inhale vape smoke every time we walk outside which is definitely not bad for you.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, there there's one there's one guy at my job uh, well, no, sorry, not at my job, usually on other jobs near my job, mm-hmm. and I can always tell he's around because he's like he's like a fucking stage magician, <laughs> his, his entrances <laughs> and egresses are always with an enormous cloud of cookie scented. Like <laughs> no joke i'm always like oh fuck justin's nearby and somebody like (laughs) why why do you know i'm like do you smell the scent of sugar cookies in the air can you see a fat cloud of cotton and that's him you can hear the oompa loompa doomba oh my god oh my god i could say other things about the man but uh boy howdy won't i won't share them here Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm so yeah um nostalgia i it yeah it's good it can be good it can give you the warm fuzzies but it can also be a demon that sits inside of your head that you must learn to slay the past isn't always better nope nope no it it's not and you know what you know what's better than the past a good future work to build a better future how about that
1: that sounds like a lot of work I think I'm just going to keep thinking about Alf instead.
0: (laughs) He ate cats, Sarah. (laughs) Eh, we all gotta eat. (laughs) He could choose not to eat cats. He wasn't, like, an obligate carnivore. I'm pretty (laughs) sure I saw him eating popcorn in an episode.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Um... (laughs) I'm just going to say, too, like, is Rydell segregated? Because it? you could tell me it was, you could tell me it wasn't. It would make no difference to what we see on screen.
0: God. Oh, no, that's a dark thought I didn't think about while watching this either. Because, yeah. uh, hey. Sure is a white movie.
1: Oh, boy. Okay, so let's get into it. I... <laughs> We have Danny and Sandy meeting on the beach, which I think is supposed to be somewhere in the U.S. I was like, "Why would this guy go all the way to Australia for uh, for <laughs> holidays?" When he when I was a kid, but no, I think she, the idea is she's supposed to be in America,
0: which is weird because a, but why why did they need an Australian? Like that's just a that's just a strange plot thing to add in. It's got next to no... Ba- she could have been from anywhere, and they chose Australia. But B, she's visiting America during the American summer break. It's it's winter in, in Australia. She should be in school.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, I think they probably did it just because they had Olivia Newton-John. And I don't blame them. Like, of course, you have Olivia Newton-John. You're going to make the character oh. Australian. Who cares? <laughs>
0: They wrote it back, gotcha. They they wrote her backwards. So, wait, in the original play, was it, was she Australian or was she I just... I looked
1: it up and I couldn't find it specifically, but I'm pretty sure they did it for Olivia Newton-John.
0: Okay, all right, well, good for her. Mm-hmm. She can't hide her accent. Quick, how do we fix this?
1: <laughs> no, you don't understand. She's an ancient Greek muse <laughs> from Uluru. Oh, yeah, we made that joke before. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Danny and Sandy have a very from here to eternity relationship on the beach, and they're like, they're cute, they're adorable, they don't realize how good they have it. Um, This is the first point where (laughs) the character's ages and the actor's ages, whew, you you can there there's a contrast there's a compare and contrast if we're in high school english
0: Mm-hmm. what what, what do you mean by that hmm? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm saying that the man with uh visibly balding hairline and five o'clock shadow doesn't read as sixteen to me unfortunately
0: you sure you sure about that
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh but you know, they said that they love each other forever, but now she has to go back to Australia, blah 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 blah. Who cares? Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Let's get to the opening animation. Uh, where the quality makes Gem and the holograms look like Hayao Miyazaki. I
0: this this I I genuinely enjoy this kind of art. I remember reading a lot of old books from the library that had you know this art style, and it was clear that it was like Ah, yes, this was a popular form of drawing things back then. Except, uh, the caricatures do nobody justice. No. Oh my god. Like, the se- the second Stalker Channing's caricature Oof. gets on screen. You're looking at it and you just go, Did this guy hate her? Is that what's going on here?
1: I know what you mean about the art style. And yeah, like I, I always remember like my grade three textbooks having this kind of art style. And I liked it back then. I just don't like it in animation, I think, because mm. the the animation is so choppy. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, it's a big case of we are setting the stage for the entire story with this opening sequence with uh, the the mashup, which again, I normally like of like real photos and this animation and stuff like that but i'm just like it's just you you could have more than four frames per second
0: (laughs) well you know all their budget went to um the ferris wheel at the end
1: yeah exactly then we get to the start of the new school year at rydell high um, I was genuinely shocked at the end when it was the end of the school year, because this is the only marker that we get at any point of time
0: uh, I throughout know. the school year.
1: Yes, yes. Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. I wasn't the only buddy. Like, I was like, okay, this movie takes place over the course of uh, maybe six weeks, two months. Sure. I, I can buy that. Right. We're, we're skipping ahead a little bit. Oh, a full year has gone by. What? Yeah. How?
1: Uh, I oh, I have a note here that I skipped about the ages. Uh, they heard they were supposed to cast seniors and didn't understand it was supposed to be high school seniors, but a bump
0: well, you know what? It's all the lead that was in the water in the fifties. People aged faster, and yeah. the cigarette smoke.
1: Yeah. They didn't know about moisturizer back then.
0: Mm-mm. Staying out of the sun.
1: Uh, so we find out that Danny is the head of the T-Birds Greaser Gang, consisting of, Duty, Duty Sunny, Putsy, and Knicky. And the less said about all of these, the better.
0: Um, think of 50s stereotypes of horrible people you do not want to be around, and not in a serial killer way, just in a, oh god, they won't shut up kind of way. hmm
1: I um I was watching this reminded of um the book The Outsiders and I was thinking about just how good the Outsiders is, is in in comparison to this.
0: Yeah, I, I loved the scene in the Outsiders where Emilio Estevez uh sang about his car and then they all started dancing and singing about a car.
1: Uh if I were a millionaire, I would be running the embroidery shop opposite Rydell High because everybody is in for custom embroidery constantly. <laughs>
0: Oh boy, yeah. I that that was where where are these kids getting money from?
1: Yeah. They they can't pay for their own meals at the malt shop, that's for sure. But they have cars and leather jackets.
0: Cars that they can somehow afford to fix up as well. Like I, I, I know auto shop isn't really a thing in schools anymore. But uh, it um, was in my school. But I, I was, was lucky enough
1: to go to a really nice school that had like a ton of extra curricu- well, I guess it was a class, of so just curriculars.
0: But you gotta pay for the parts. The school's not paying for those car parts, are they? No. Because also, those car parts aren't like, ah, yes, here, a a Toyota Camry. <laughs> a really cheap car with easily found parts. What they were trying to refurbish is like... Uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Fuck it. Yes. There's a whole song for it.
1: Uh, so we meet the T-Birds, who are ostensibly a greaser gang. But they're like, they're not like any tough guys I've ever seen in any other movie. They have no interest in sports. They have no knowledge of sports. They have no money. They have no interest in money. Uh, They just seem to be interested in, I guess, the one car that they all share together. Or they're a car gang and fortunately one of them has a car.
0: Yeah, I mean... Are they just cosplaying as greasers? <laughs> the Are problem they greaser is nobody weebs?
1: nobody wants anything
0: in this movie. Uh Sandy wants Danny and Danny wants Sandy.
1: mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And everybody wants to have sex. And that's about
0: it. And uh the the pink-haired girl from Shining Time Station wants to find a want.
1: Yeah. It I would <laughs> We'll get to that when we get to that, but it's astonishing to have an I Want song that is I Don't Know What My I Want song is about. (laughs) Uh, So Sandy meets the pink ladies who are the mean girls um, of Frenchie, Marty, Jan, and Rizzo. And Rizzo, at least Stalker Channing, is doing her very best in this movie. She's always doing something interesting, I think.
0: So I I want to give massive props to Starker Channing. He who yes. is ostensibly one of the oldest members of the cast. I think she was like thirty five at t- Something time. Something like of, that, yeah. Yeah, but she genuinely looks closest to the age that all of these people are supposed to be. So, oh really?
1: Good,
0: I di- I disagree. I uh, oh okay uh, yeah fair fair agree to we can, we can do mm-hmm. that. This is this is a place where we can agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I, I genuinely think she, she comes across best as, as a teenager, more so than pretty much most of the other cast, except for maybe Sandy.
1: I think this is where you get the, the bonuses of casting much older actors, is you get somebody like Stalker Channing who has experience and is giving this real interiority to Rizzo that other characters definitely do not have.
0: Oh, God, none of the other characters, especially the women, especially yeah. the women, uh, don't have much in terms of anything going on. Rizzo, at least, has. I don't want to say it's a full arc, mm-hmm. but at least it's trying to become an arc.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: But yeah, I love Stalker chanting in this, but I love Stalker chanting in anything. Come on.
1: Oh, yes. And it's this way that she, uh, has this. She she's a, she's an actor who always has like a lot of really inherent dignity in her. I think, and that's why I think she's so good at playing Rizzo the Mean Girl. Is she's got like oh you know you know who she's most like? She's like Busy Phillips in Freaks and Geeks.
0: I've never seen Freaks and Geeks.
1: <gasps> uh, Busy Phillips is a kind of mean girl in it, and um. She's she's so good in it, uh, but she's also got that like that armor of don't fuck with me that teen girls can have.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That, uh, yeah. that Yeah. Where Rizzo very rarely says or does anything that's actually cruel, uh, except for that one musical number. Um, <laughs> but you know that you do not fuck with her and that she is the alpha.
0: Yeah, she, she will destroy you with a withering thing. She'll find the one thing on your body that you are most ashamed of and point out that, hey, look at that guy's eyebrows.
1: Yeah, that man got feminine hips.
0: Feminine hips.
1: Uh, So now we get to the song Summer Nights, and I will say this about the songs. The songs in this are pretty good.
0: I think there are, I want to say, three songs from this I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. The rest of them can jump in a lake.
1: <laughs> yeah, the rest of them are sort of like, they're all the same song over and over again, it kind of feels like. But, goddamn, I, like I said, I haven't watched this in 25 years, but I know a bunch of these songs off by heart.
0: Oh, yeah, because I think, I think the, some of these songs have just entered the, that level of cultural zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. Where there are some songs from musicals that people just know. Whether or not you know you know them, you just Mm -hmm. know it. Right? Phantom of the Opera. Everybody knows. Exactly. Right? And so everybody knows Summer Nights. Tell me more. Tell me more. Did you get really far? Tell me more. Tell me more. Did you fuck in his car? (laughs) Uh-huh. 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 I mean, you
1: want to talk about an earworm. Oh, yeah. Uh, this I was watching as a 10 year old being like I don't think this is very politically correct I was stroking my little chin going like hmm I don't approve of the sexual politics of Greece (laughs) which uh, do we even need to say anything about that
0: what the sexual politics of Greece yeah I'm sure we would be the first
1: (laughs) we are not we are not
0: (laughs) Wow! nobody's- Um, what? I've I've just checked the internet. Nobody's ever talked about the sexual politics of Greece before, Sarah. (laughs) Unmined territory.
1: I'm staking my claim (laughs) on the internet. I've got 40 acres that I'm going to claim all about the sexual politics of Greece. I'm going to release an eight hour long video essay about it.
0: I'm, I'm walking up to you in my old-timey prospector overalls and my onesie, my big floppy hat. And hey, Sarah, there be gold in this there discourse.
1: <laughs> I wrote down, I long for the sexual politics of West Side Story, because West Side Story has an attempted rape that everybody, including the story, acknowledges is an attempted rape. And, here's the big point, is bad. <laughs> <laughs> Greece cannot manage to hit those marks.
0: Oh, jeez. Ah.
1: Uh, anyway, summer nights. Do we have anything to say about this?
0: Um, you know what? Olivia Newton John and John Travolta, they sure can sing. You know, I, yeah. I get why I get why they cast John Travolta. The um <laughs> there's so many scenes in this fucking movie where i'm looking at it and i'm still going y- you sure you're straight hon <laughs> are we are we absolutely certain that this is the thing that's happening i i i will i will not what he decides to do in terms of whether or not he's out and if he is yep. or not totally up to him but boy howdy i i sure hope he lives his truth
1: <laughs> yes yes Um, I will say I hinted at it before, but I am astonished at how good a dancer he is. Like, I know that was his claim to fame for several years, but I'm watching this and going like, oh my God, he's
0: really good. Like, why didn't this become his bread and butter? Like, I I get not wanting to be typecast and stuff, but like we, we put him in a musical 10 years ago and he didn't get to do this shit. Granted, he was in a fat suit, but yeah. But we can still shove John Travolta into musicals. I wouldn't be upset by that. He can sing. He can dance. Why don't we do this?
1: No, we have to have uh, a hundred straight to VOD uh, movies shot in the former Yugoslavia. That makes him a lot more money.
0: Just please, John, come back to the musicals. We'll treat you nicely. I I promise. I really enjoyed you as Edna Turnblatt
1: yes he's genuinely good in it
0: (laughs) it's it's really good it's oh 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 and don't don't even get me started on that movie where he played an autistic guy just like oh god
1: damn it i am not aware of that and uh I think I'm going to choose to not go down that rabbit hole. Maybe maybe I, one night when I'm bored, but uh, I know that I'm, will just set off the, uh, the flames on the side I, of my face.
0: I'm just going to add one more thing on top okay. of that little thought for you. It's not about the movie. I'm not going to tell you anything that happens in the movie and whatnot because uh, offensive, offensive, offensive. Because I've only seen the first five minutes of it, and I was just so like, what? Right. I had to turn it off. But uh, directed by Fred Durst.
1: (laughs) Sam, if you had offered me a million dollars to guess the end of that sentence, or the person who directed it. (laughs) I know.
0: Uh, One Mr. Limp Bizkit himself.
1: Please, Mister Limbiscuit, loose in Florida. Uh, I was not rolling, rolling, rolling easy to the end of that sentence. Okay, <laughs> back to Greece. Much as I back. hate to say it,
0: back to Greece.
1: Uh, so there is a surprisingly fascistic, even by movie pep rally standards, fascistic pep rally.
0: Oh my God. I like, I didn't they're... know
1: until recently that these are in fact still real. I had to ask my friends when we were watching Friday Night Lights together, and they're like, "Oh yeah, it's totally normal." No, it is not.
0: They're they're burning effigies. Uh, Sandy somehow in the in the two days since starting school has become a cheerleader
1: mm-hmm. because they saw her ponytail, and they're like, "You're in."
0: You're in, or you're in way over your head.
1: Yeah. Uh. So Sandy's now a cheerleader. She's absolutely adorable.
0: Yeah. She's she's not great. She she's trying. She's trying her best.
1: Yeah. Um. Uh, but she meets Tom here. He's a jock. He's very boring. He's he's. They could have just had a Ken doll here, like Superstar, the Karen Carpenter movie. Just have a Ken doll in this scene.
0: Yeah. I don't... Does he have lines?
1: If he does, they're not important.
0: Good for him.
1: (laughs) Uh, But anyway, the T-Birds have gone to the pep rally to be at the side of it to show how much they don't enjoy the pep rally, and they have their cars there, and K'nicki comes up in his new car, which is a real rust bucket. Yuck. Gross. He'll never be a real man with that kind of car.
0: Oh, is... Is that what's holding me back?
1: <laughs> yeah, you gotta get up yourself a nineteen thirties Packard.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, this this thing is it's comedically movie Rust Bucket.
1: Yeah, the the alleged car.
0: Yeah, if if you saw this today, you would think, oh, someone's gonna die in that. <laughs>
1: it looks like the sort of thing that you see parked in a farmer's field with like uh grass coming up through the hood uh anyway during summer nights Sandy had told everyone that this perfect gentleman that she met during uh, vacation was named Danny Zuko. So Rizzo decides that she's going to play a prank on her and bring her over to meet him. And they go, oh my god, it's the same person I met on vacation. However, Danny's in front of his friends and he is deeply, deeply insecure. So he is immediately performatively cruel to her to be a man.
0: Yeah, as as you're wont to do, like... This is such a weirdly, I don't understand why this happens. Like, he told them all that he had met this gorgeous girl and, you know, like sparks were flying and stuff. She is a gorgeous girl. Sparks were Mm. flying. I don't understand why this about turned into like, oh yeah, babe, I don't care about you. How how would it ruin your reputation if you were dating an incredibly gorgeous cheerleader?
1: Gentlemen, is it gay to care about a woman?
0: Ah! Oh, I see you've hit upon the discourse once more. (laughs) Mmm, the is it gay to blank blank hetero thing.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: What's wrong with people? (laughs) I just... (laughs) I just need to know why this keeps happening.
1: Now, I have never seen a stage version have, of this. Have you? No. But all this stuff with the the various members of the Pink Ladies and the T-Birds feels like very, very stagey to me, like a hangover from a high school production, which is weird because this was a successful Broadway production, which was apparently was very vulgar. <laughs> To my surprise.
2: The Broadway um, because production? This
1: thing Yeah. Uh because this thing is number one, is not actually clean, but has the appearance of being squeaky clean. And number two, it always feels like the T birds, uh and to a lesser extent the pink ladies are like playing to a crowd that is not there. <laughs> like I could see this going off much better when you have them playing to the backgrounds but instead they're just playing to the backgrounds on camera
0: Hmm. yeah interesting Uh, that's that's an interesting way of putting things for sure Uh, there's a lot of strange staging in terms of how people talk and 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 emote to the camera and whatnot as well in that uh, I've (laughs) like I've been watching um Spin City. I just found it on one of the streaming apps. Ooh. Cuz I was out. like uh Paramount Plus, I'm pretty sure. Ooh. Cuz when I get high, I I need like really not challenging things for my brain. Yep. As much as I am loving watching Evil. Holy shit, everybody watch Evil. It's fucking great. <laughs> they did a silent episode in season 2. It's it's incredible. Um Ooh. Hmm. But uh, I was like, okay, time to flip over to a sitcom from the 90s. Oh, yeah, it's Spin City. Great. Carla Gugina's in it. Awesome. This, this is dope. And then you get that moment when you're high and all of a sudden a thing just suddenly sticks out to you where you go, hmm, now I can't unsee this. And it was the 90s sitcom blocking of... Everybody has to be kind of three quarters turned with their body so Mm. that they're talking to the other they're talking to the other person, but they're talking to the audience. And when people stand in a group, they're all standing in a group in such a way that you can see every single member of the group because the audience like the last supper. The sitcom. Which is a terrible
1: way to serve a meal. Yeah, like
0: (laughs) the Last Supper. I mean, if you're a server, you'd be able to just walk up to one side of the table and give everybody their meal. Like that seems pretty good but yeah in terms of sitting around with a bunch of friends that's a terrible seating plan because I don't know guys at the opposite ends are probably like well fuck I guess I don't get to talk to Ringo over there I don't know the names of the saints I know some of them are Beatles (laughs) but yeah 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 there's there's very much that kind of blocking happening yes there's a John
2: and a Paul I never (laughs) thought
0: of it like before yeah, <laughs> sorry you know. go on this is cracking me up <laughs> the, 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 the Beatles Apostles Venn diagram
1: pass the loaves and the fishes oh that's not Liverpudlian at all that's kind of Welsh
0: <laughs> Jesus wept <whipped. laughs> <laughs> Oh, he was flipping over tables in the church there. Didn't you see? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, back to Greece. After our brief detour into. There's a lot more real estate in
1: that bit, I can just tell you. (laughs) Um, So Sandy has self respect, and she gets really upset with Danny. Um, The pink ladies are having a sleepover. Which, again, surprised me when one of the characters says, we're having a sleepover. And I'm like, don't you pay rent? You can have people over to your home whenever you want. No.
0: (laughs) These are adults. You never see their parents either. So you can absolutely believe that they are just adults.
1: Uh, At the... uh... At the party, Sandy really realizes she's not like these girls, because these girls like to talk about boys and have sex and write to servicemen. Yeah. Um, Yeah. They also drink dessert wine, which is the one point I was like, yeah, okay, teenagers would steal a bottle of dessert wine and be like, we're going to get fucking raging on this.
0: (laughs) This delicious, delicious dessert wine.
1: Um, but you know, she smokes, she drinks, she gets one ear pierced and she's very upset about it. And, uh, she goes out and sings Hopelessly Devoted to You, which like, it's a little Newton John jam. It's not exactly my thing, but she does do it really well, which is basically like, uh, he's an asshole, but I still like him.
0: It got the Oscar nom. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's weird how many original songs are in this that were not in the original show.
0: Yeah, I've heard that several times where people are like, "This is it's, it's really weird how many songs the movie dumped from mm-hmm. the Broadway production and then how many made up whole cloth for the movie. And now we have this weird thing happening in stage productions where they have to choose between which songs they want to use or not. Do we go with the Broadway version or do we go with the music? Uh, from the movie version and that's that must be a very strange thing i know we talked about something similar with chess where the order of the plot (laughs) changes from production to production but to have a uh being to, to to staging a musical where you have to decide do we want to appeal to people who have seen the movie or do we want to appeal to people who have seen the play
1: yeah uh, Rizzo leaves the pink lady. She goes off and has sex with They Their condom breaks, and they're like, screw it. This will have no consequences on their life. And you know what? They were right. The next day at Ye oldie Malt Shop, uh, Danny apologizes to Sandy. I've got to say, this scene where Olivia Newton-John is at the jukebox, uh, she has an incredible beat on her face. She looks outstanding.
0: Oh, no, she's, she's fucking gorgeous. Like, period. She's always gorgeous, but in this scene, it's like, oh, you guys hired a makeup artist for this.
1: Yeah. She, uh, sorry, excuse me. I skipped completely over "Grease Lightning, which is one of the highlights of the movie for me. Really? I loved it. It's a fun song. There's good dancing. And then when it goes from being just in the auto shop, to being in this all-white heavenscape. um, I really enjoyed it. I like when this movie gets weird. I like when this movie fucks around with the fact that these are all teenagers bursting into song.
0: Huh. I, I really didn't pick that one out for you. I thought, surely, the other songs that happen here, they will be more entrancing. But yeah, I... It's it's interesting. Um, it certainly has choreography. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not everyone is a dancer. It's clear, but John Travolta. Yeah, Roberta,
1: that that was weird. I was like, were these days when they just like had a had a terrible shortage of background dancers in Hollywood or something?
0: Yeah, like it's clear that the other guys who make up the T-Birds uh, were hired for a reason that i don't know.
1: I know some of the pink ladies are from the Broadway run, so i've got to think some of the totally T-Birds fine. are as well.
0: I'm i'm totally fine with the pink ladies. The tea birds on the other hand, y'all are 37. Yeah. With a mortgage, three kids and a wife. None of yeah. you can really dance. <laughs> some of you can sing, you're not teenagers. No. Why why are, why are you here? Like, I can clearly see your t-shirt that says, uh, you know, rock band on it. And you're asking... <laughs> How do you fellow do, to...
1: fellow <laughs> greasers?
0: Yeah. Just like, anyway, one of the things that I did learn about this scene... Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I listened to a podcast and somebody mentioned it. So there's a point in this song where John Travolta rubs his junk with a bunch of uh, cellophane. Mm-hmm. Right?
1: Yeah, he's like, he's like sort of dancing around the car as if he's going to wrap it in cellophane.
0: Yeah. So. There's a whole reason behind this. Mm-hmm. Okay. The cellophane was added into the movie because at the time, not not contemporary to the movie, contemporary to the time period... Uh, there was this general belief that if you couldn't get a condom, you could just wrap your junk in cellophane, and that would work just oh, as well. Oh, that's such a terrible idea! <laughs> oh, 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 it was—it was an absolutely terrible idea. It's a hundred percent not good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God. Oh, I can't even imagine the discomfort of trying to do that. Oh. Wrapping anything in cellophane, period, is a, is a hard enough task. <laughs> yeah. To... But trying to maintain an erection while wrapping it in cellophane <laughs> is beyond me. Anyway, so the 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 director and the props person threw in this role of cellophane to be like here. It's like John a visual Travol- pun. Yeah, have have John Travolta dance with this, but uh, because we know the censors are going to to like really be scrutinizing this movie right Mm -hmm. because it's all about teens and sex uh we don't want john travolta to do anything sexual with it right don't even allude to the fact that the cellophane was used as a prophylactic kind of thing or whatever and just have it there to be the visual pun as you said well john travolta thought it'd be real fucking funny to rub his junk with it (laughs) <laughs> and uh, the, the cut made it into the movie and nobody said any anything to the wiser with it. So yeah, that's why uh Big Roll of Cellophane is a pretty risque thing in that that movie.
1: I also think the way this scene is set and like the deliberate weirdness of it reminds me of other musicals from around that time. Like it specifically reminds me of um Oh, why can I not remember this? A little shop of horrors. Um, so it could just be that it's, like, making me think of a better movie. <laughs> because it's also that nostalgia throwback thing.
0: Oh, God. I love Little Shop of Horrors. That that one actually does it for me.
1: Mencken and Ashman, baby. Nothing but hits.
0: It's it's su- super weird that it's a song that constantly says they're going to make girls come. Cream.
1: <laughs> yeah! I I think that's the one where you're watching this movie and you're like, wait, the what? 11-year-olds watch this? Danny apologizes to Sandy and he's going to win her back by becoming a jock like Tom. And we learn that P.E. was not invented until the 1980s, I guess, because this man has never seen, played, or heard of a sport in his life.
0: I did very much enjoy this uh, small montage i did i thought this was funny it was good character building for a character that up until this point i knew was just a douche (laughs) this this scene actually endeared me somewhat towards danny because like when you see all these things happen like the the coach is trying to throw him into all these different sports and see what he what happens and uh Boy, howdy, does Danny have a problem with uh, anger management and playing with others and authority in general. This boy's never
1: been in gym class once.
0: (laughs) He's never interacted with another person in a non-violent way, apparently. Yes. And then finally the, the coach getting to the place of like, okay, all right, so clearly baseball's not working. Because I thought you liking to hit things would mean you'd hit balls really well, but then you tried to beat guys up. Maybe let's try wrestling. Oh no, <laughs> that's that's also not the way we wrestle. Shit, fuck, damn. Um, what if you did a solo sport, like yeah. cross-country running? A sport where you don't need to touch anyone.
1: This this thread will now be dropped until the end of the movie when it becomes very important, apparently.
0: Why? why oh. just like like, oh my god writing people this is how you write things <laughs> oh so,
1: so they oh. go out on a date but he is of course terrified of all of his friends and the friends crash the date and sandy storms off um
0: surprise surprise yeah
1: frenchie is there being adorable as anything frenchie needs some better friends
0: I love Frenchie. And as I said before, Frenchie is the lady from Shining Time Station. Mm-hmm. Anybody know that? Uh, Shining Time Station was a half-hour kids program from the 90s that basically just, it was, it was a framing device for Thomas the Tank Engine shorts.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? We had such wonderful actors as... Uh, Ringo Starr, George Carlin, and uh, Alec Baldwin later on show up in it as the magic conductor <laughs> thing. Tiny little guy Ooh. who lives in the wall. Right? But that's where I always know her from. And every once in a while I get her confused with Nana Visitor from Deep Space Nine.
1: Fair enough. Yeah.
0: They similar similar look. faces. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar looks. But yeah, I uh... Frenchie is a unfortunately very pitiable character.
1: Mm. Yeah, I can see that Frenchie at some point apparently has been going to beauty school. I think she's dropped out of school to go to beauty school. And it turns out she's really bad at beauty school because she has dyed her hair bubblegum pink. And we get this gorgeous dream sequence that's very, very thirties inspired, I think. Of, is it frankie avalon
0: singing? it is frankie avalon yes yeah. singing now, beauty
1: school dropout
0: now before i even watched this film i told my co-worker john shaders uh who's big into musicals a straight man who's big into musicals how it exists i don't know but he certainly does uh that i, I was going to cover greece and he's like oh are you watching the movie or are you watching the live version that was recently on TV? I said, well, the movie is like, well, I got to show you this. Mm -hmm. And he pulls up beauty school dropout. Not to say, you know, poo poo to this scene, but the scene he showed me blew this scene out of the fucking water. I will send it to you. Uh, Because first off, Frenchie is being played by none other than Canadian enchantress kylie ray jepson love her love her she's sweet and also age appropriate i guess for putting her in it (laughs) because she's also like 37 yeah but uh instead of frankie avalon because pretty sure they can't get frankie avalon to sing this song again for a live version uh they got boys to men that's a great choice it, and I, I was watching. It. I'm like, oh, oh my God! I know it's been like almost 30 years since <laughs> Boys to Men was a thing, but they haven't missed a beat. <laughs> these, no. the, these men. Because let's <laughs> drop that boys to part. These men. Whoo, goodness! <laughs> <laughs> my gosh, they can sing. So, yeah, uh, if if you're at all interested, the Grease Live version of this with Carly Rae Jepsen being serenaded by boys to men through this song is fucking great.
1: I'm going to look that up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let me see if I can find it. I'll send it over to you while you keep talking about okay. the scene. Yeah. Yes.
1: Um, There's not much to say about it. I realized reading this synopsis on wikipedia that uh this convinces her to go back to high school which i did not get from the song because the movie doesn't care what any of these people want
0: (laughs) no oh god
1: did you know that national bandstand is coming to rydell high school well now you do it's time to have the climax of the film
0: is it is it though i think it's the best part of the film it's it's strange the the film seems to have like the (laughs) return of the king style ending where you're like ah (laughs) the end oh no wait hold on there's more and surely that's the no there's more that's the oh another okay this is the oh all right one more i guess (laughs)
1: I think this is definitely the best in terms of dancing. I, I kind of love it when you get uh, a movie that stops and it's like, what if we had a really great dance number?
0: Oh, I love this this um, real swing, rock and roll, like the feats that these dancers can do. You're just wowie zowie.
1: I did keep waiting for the... Um for the gym floor to open, and I realized halfway through that that's because that happens in It's a Wonderful Life, and that is also a dance contest scene. But for some reason, my brain was absolutely certain that uh, Sandy and Danny were going to fall backwards into the pool that is secretly underneath the gym. (laughs) Uh, Of course, there is an ulterior motive in this scene, uh, because unfortunately, right at the end, when Sandy and Danny are about to win... and I got to say this about Olivia Newton-John. Great singer. Great singer. Great performer. Um, it really just shows how good John Travolta is because he is wiping her off the stage with how good his dancing is. Oh, um, my God. Oh, my God. Yes. Um, but Cha-Cha from the Catholic school is also at the dance, and she and her boyfriend break up Sandy and Danny, and Cha-Cha starts dancing with Danny. Oh my god, oh no, they're so good. She is admittedly much better than Olivia Newton-John, and they're so good that they win the prize, and Danny just kept dancing with her anyway. What a scumbum! We're supposed to care. Sandy runs off upset, crying for like the fourth time in the movie.
0: Yeah, she cries a lot, but keeping in mind, the events of the movie take place over the course of a year, so maybe she doesn't cry that much. Uh,
1: After this, we have the drive-in where uh, Danny takes Sandy to try to uh, win her over, to make it up to her, to take her on a nice date. But of course, because it's the drive-in, his friends are all around, so he is terrified, and he decides to prove his macho-ness by sexually assaulting his lady. I don't know what to say about this. I hate all of these
0: people. I I really fucking hate this. Yeah. Just. Uh,
1: Yeah, it's the same time we find out Rizzo is afraid that she might be pregnant. And this immediately makes his way across the entire um, drive-in, I don't know, park, parking lot, to Kaneki. And uh, Rizzo denies it. Wow, I wonder if this is going to have any more bearing on the film.
0: Eh, not not in the way that it should.
1: Uh, Rizzo sings, there are worse things I could do, which is basically like, is it so bad to be a slut? Which, good for you, Rizzo.
0: Yeah, embrace the sluthood. It's fine.
1: Uh, she is into ethical non-monogamy and there is nothing wrong with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, plus she's Stalker Channing. Are yeah. you going to tell Stalker Channing not to do something? Exactly.
1: Yeah. Uh, Danny sings Sandy, which is a very boring song about how much he loves Sandy.
0: I guess this is as close to an I want as possible. I want her.
1: I guess. I guess. Again, none of these people want anything. Uh. On race day which i will say all of the race day stuff is uh very
0: visually striking i think yeah yeah i mean there there's a reason we have this 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 becomes like the aesthetic signature for most of the fast and the furious films to some extent mm-hmm. right like let, let's face it fast and the furious wouldn't exist without like Greece and it wouldn't exist without James Dean. Yeah. Which is
1: weird because fast and the furious also is reaching back to like a fifties greaser culture Mm -hmm. and car culture
0: that it's just updated in, in such a way that it's like, ah, but this is new and cool, but it's definitely still fifties greaser culture.
1: Yeah. It's so strange that there's no movie from that era. Like say like blackboard jungle. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Um, but that, that's not the visual signifier for this sort of uh scene. That instead it's a movie from almost nineteen eighty.
0: Weird. But yeah, it's it's such a Yeah, you've got Chacha who comes out in the middle of the two cars and she pulls out the thing and the camera moves to show the cars racing away and you know, it's it's your standard two guys race. One guy yeah. may not win.
1: Kinucky hits his head, so he's not able to re- to race Grease Lightning. Uh, so, of course, our our big boy has to do it, and our big boy is so big and important that he wins the race. Hooray! Hooray!
0: What's
1: and this, that? of course, Main character. <laughs> this, of course, makes Sandy realize that she is indeed horny, and she wants to show it.
0: Ah.
1: Uh, So she goes to Frenchie and she's like, can you help me out? And she's like, I think so. And it's a real shame that uh, she doesn't have pink hair in the next scene.
0: It's a real shame that, A, we don't get to see the montage of of the transformation. But, uh, B, is this just uh, the prequel to Crash?
1: (laughs) Oh, I was thinking the wrong. I was thinking the bad Crash at first. (laughs) No, it's a prequel to the good Crash,
0: yes. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, sexy crash, not sad crash. Yeah,
1: that's true. That's true, because she's like looking on from afar as he's celebrating his victory, and she's like, now I know. Now I know that that's the man for me.
0: Now I definitely want to cause accidents.
1: (laughs) Uh, What I would give to see Holly Hunter in a crash prequel dressed (laughs) as Sandy... Don't DH her. Use Holly Hunter now.
0: Yes, please.
1: Uh, so, at the last day of school, to both of our surprise, yay, yep. they've all graduated. Who cares? Somehow. None of these people want anything. Uh, there is a carnival. You know that traditional graduation carnival next to the school? Mm hmm. Rizzo discovers that she is not pregnant. Hooray. Yay. Uh, Kaniki and Rizzo, I think, are supposed to be like our hero and Claudio. They're our secondary uh, love interests, but who the fuck cares? Yeah, Rizzo's going to get away from them all and go to uh, a very nice school where she's going to meet Martin Sheen.
0: Oh, that would be great. I'd love yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, she becomes First Lady of the United States. Exactly. Oh, I like that headcanon. Let's go with that. Let's go with that,
1: where she has... Oh, yeah, and that character's also a doctor. Like, Rizzo Rizzo goes on to live a life.
0: Mm-hmm. She influences policy and makes the United States a better place. Exactly. And she almost gets her husband impeached.
1: Ooh, I forgot about that plot line. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we get to uh, the discourse again, because Sandy and Danny meet up, and he's a letterman. What... He got a letter for running track. Again, this is an American thing that I don't understand. I
0: I don't get it either. But apparently, he ran track like, at some point during the uh, school year. The, the The movie, the plot of Greece, is so uninterested in the lives of its own characters. Yeah. Wild.
1: It's funny because like we never had anything like that at high school. Um, at university, you could get like a very nice leather jacket with like a a patch on it that said your major, but you had to pay like four hundred dollars for it. It was simply oh, it's just absolutely <laughs>
0: stupid. People
1: who paid for it could have it. <laughs> it's not an it's not an achievement.
0: Yeah, c- congratulations on getting your BA in oh music theory. Mm, maybe you should have saved that money, honey. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. All the people I saw wearing
1: those, we were usually engineering students. Mm. Uh, so and their
0: money. <laughs> yeah.
1: Danny, Danny is a sports guy now. And Sandy's a greaser. She's a sexy lady with big hair. And she's smoking a cigarette.
0: How about it, stud? You know what they say, the higher the hair, the closer to God. Um, yeah.
1: There's There's been enough said about the politics of this scene and uh, changing and whatnot. But to, to change, these characters would have had a personality to begin with.
0: <laughs> Sarah. <laughs> Sarah. I'm not
1: trying to be mean. It's just they're not leaving anything
0: there for me. Which... I mean, okay, yeah. So we do the 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 uh, "You're the One That I Want" song, which you know, catchy, catchy as fuck. Um, wonderful back and forth, a lot of dancing. You're the one that I want. You're the one that I want. Hoo hoo who. who, who. <laughs> and this this is where I think the the choreography fails a little bit again. Like it it. it it gets big sometimes. Like the choreography gets really good in some places, mm-hmm. and then it kind of just fizzles out because we just have Danny and Sandy wanting each other. Ooh, ooh, ooh.
1: you can watch one of those great Anatomy of a Scene breakdowns um, on YouTube with the director of this film, where he goes through the "You're the One That I Want" scene. And basically, they didn't have an ending, so they were like, "Okay, let's. We've got this song." Um, we need to make it visually interesting. That's why they bring in the carnival so that they can go through all of these different pieces of equipment and make it visually interesting. Um, but knowing that, like, this was not a story beat that they were hitting makes it make a lot of sense. And also that they're, they were doing this kind of on the day.
0: Uh, okay. All right. Yeah. And then we get to the most baffling music number of the whole movie.
1: Remember songs from the 50s guys? They came out yesterday, but we people in the 50s are nostalgic about them now.
0: I I genuinely think music about other periods of music fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, you know, Brian Adams Summer of 69, I hate that song. Um uh god, that that song give me that old style rock and roll hate that song like songs that are saying "Ugh, music now sucks remember when music used to be real good here's a song about how music used to be real good it's like no shut the fuck up and just make music you dumbass
1: it's playing the tenacious d tribute song completely straight remember that song that's really good well it's not this song
0: yeah yeah yeah, at least Tenacious D understands how funny that is. Yeah. But um, this this song, it feels like a gas leak happened on the
1: set. <laughs> <laughs> And you're suddenly because like, I know they're speaking English. I know I recognize the words. I, I just don't understand I, the syntax.
0: I heard the words, we go together like, and then gas leak happened. <laughs> <laughs> Lemon Demon then the the kook kook blah And I'm like what oh, you you sing you perform it beautifully. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I got like either ninety percent of those words correct or ten percent of those words correct. And frankly, I don't need to know which end I'm on. <laughs> it's It it also, it's just a, it's a slightly infuriating song because you're sitting there, and they're all like, oh, we're all going to be best friends forever, right? Me and all my high school pals, best friends forever, forever and ever and ever. And I'm like, no, you fools, you foolish fools.
1: (laughs) If only that had like an an animal house style ending where it was like Danny Zuko was killed two years later in Korea.
0: I was thinking the exact same thing. I'm like some of you're going <laughs> to die in a war soon. <laughs> uh not to be a bummer like that, but just yeah. like, the the reality of the past is also sitting there quietly saying, hmm, "Yes."
1: <laughs> uh yeah, what what uh an uninspired movie. It's so weird that this came out during a time when the movie musical was dead and was and became so successful. I have to believe it's because there weren't many other options, but it's so weird this came out in 1978. Like, this is made during New Hollywood.
0: Yeah, and it's not not just made and came out, but also was incredibly successful. As you said, made 61 times its budget.
1: It's just like... I don't know. Maybe, maybe we really are too gay to function for Greece, but I I do like some of the songs. I I've listened to you. I've had you're the one that I want on my playlists like since I was in high school. Um, but <laughs> there's there's an SNL bit about uh, the girl you wish you hadn't stopped, you hadn't started talking to at the party, uh, where she all she says is things like, but like and why, and like don't. And that's my reaction to
0: Greece. I don't know what to do with this movie. I just it's not for me. I I will be generous and I'll say great. I'm sure I'm sure there's members of our audience. Please, dear God, please. (laughs) If there's stuff we are missing, write in. Tell us. Send us a video essay. Don't send us a video essay. I don't sit through video essays. But (laughs) let us know. If you genuinely enjoy this, Fuck yeah. Good for you. I love that. But I think Sarah and I both, like, no, this this isn't for us. This is not the one that we want. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'd rather sit through the apple again. But then again, I'd rather sit through the apple.
1: I genuinely did think that when the when the car lifted off at the end and we've made the joke several times about the the traditional ending of the car flying off um, that there are two movies where that happens at the end and I would rather watch The Apple because The Apple is a lot more interesting than Grease
0: Yeah, (laughs) it's got the big swings Grease doesn't seem to want to take any swings other than what if the good girl became a bad girl at the very end Yeah
1: which, like, Olivia Newton-John looks very beautiful in that scene. And I know that that's a big part of why that scene has such a sticking point. But, like, Olivia Newton-John's always beautiful. This is not some, oh, my God, she took off her glasses and, and her overalls. She's been classically beautiful the entire time.
0: I honestly thought, like, that scene, her, her coming out in the greaser gear, was, like, early in the film. Mm-hmm. Because that's all I ever see on the posters is her in the greaser gear. It's those, those are the scenes I see. So I thought for sure this song, that look was most of the film. It was her reckoning with like, oh my God, I've become a bad girl to a greaser. And, you know, maybe, maybe that, but no, I was lied to. I spent the whole movie being like, so when does she get all like leathered up? Hmm. when are they gonna get to the fireworks factory god so yeah by it's a weird movie a weird movie not for us but sarah sarah darling is greece camp
1: greece is a not good movie with some good musical numbers it has a lot in common with camp um it has been described as camp in some of its reviews but i largely think no i i camp has a certain a certain kind of getting away with it glee that i do not feel in greece
0: hmm Yeah. I mean, there's also camp. Camp is about subversion, right? Mm -hmm. Right, It it, it, we we want it to be queer. We want to put women in power. We want to we want to see dynamics that regular movies just won't do. And I think the one the one thing that this does is, you know, it, it has Sandy become a bad girl at the end oh maybe the fact that were were there ever any musicals involving greasers before oh wait no west side story
1: yeah west side story west side story does this much much
0: better (laughs) much much better so why can't greece stick the landing that west side story is somehow pulling off is it because west side story is so dramatic I think it's just because West Side Story is good. <laughs> yeah. Like West Side Story treats its characters as characters, right? Yeah, it it
1: treats them with uh, respect, and they all do want at least one, usually more than one thing.
0: Yeah, he wants to fall in love. They want to get away. They they want to get out of this situation. They want to save the building. They want, you know, all these things. You know, the racism and the, the class divides and all kinds of stuff and this movie sits there and goes like rizzo might be pregnant does she nope want she's anything not from that eh.
1: yeah just watch west Side story instead guys it's it's so much better than this
0: yeah watch the musical numbers from this just divorced from the rest of the film if if you're if you really like the musical numbers but I don't I don't think the people who love Greece like the non-musical parts of Greece
1: I Do they? I don't know I it, it genuinely feels like an alien situation where I cannot put myself into the body of somebody who unironically loves Greece to understand what they like about this movie. And again, we are not trying to yuck anyone's yum. If you love this movie, please, please do not let us ruin it for you. Um, but no, I, I, I do not see what the culture at large sees in this movie.
0: Yeah, it's just... It's a deeply unserious film. It's not a silly film. It's just unserious.
1: Mm-hmm. And okay. uh, give, tell me something. Tell me that you're you're making this movie for a reason. Even if it's just to make me laugh, to give me nostalgia, anything like that. Please, just <laughs> make the whole movie dancing.
0: Do we dare try Grease 2, then?
1: I think we do. I think that... Uh, we can only go up from here.
0: All right, all right, all right. So, how about that next year, next season four? We will tackle Greece too, and then I'm excited. Uh, yeah, and then I uh, know uh, there was also the the TV show that came out this year that has been scrubbed from almost every network. Yeah, uh, Pink Ladies. I heard good things about it. Oh, that's that's interesting because I heard next to nothing other than people going like, "Why the fuck are you scrubbing this show off?" Yeah, Apparently it did very well in terms of its viewership, but, you know, you know how it is. Womp womp. Womp womp. (sighs) But yeah, I would Uh, say (laughs) this is not a recommend from either of us if you've never seen it before.
1: Yeah, I think this is probably, out of everything we've ever covered, this is the one that we could recommend the least.
0: It's just not even interesting enough to be like uh something something
1: yeah we we can't find a weird take on Greece uh number one the most interesting thing about it has been talked to death and uh and number two like i don't want to
0: spend more time on this movie all right then let's move on let's talk about next week
1: Yes, so thank you for joining us today on our exploration of Greece. Please subscribe on your podcaster of choice, leave a star rating, and review where you can, because it always helps us to find new people who may not know what their camp favorite is.
0: Yes, and next week we'll be putting up the decorations because it is holiday month. Uh-huh. And by holiday we mean non-denominational. You know, you know that end of the year, warm fuzzies, smell of cookies, yada yada yada. And we're going to start... The holiday month off with Grumpy Cat's Worst Christmas Ever.
1: Starring Aubrey Plaza.
0: Starring Aubrey Plaza. Yeah. Uh, this is Rest this in is peace, a Grumpy fun- Cat. Rest in peace, Grumpy Cat. Uh, an entire movie made around the fact that a cat was born with a, <laughs> a genetic defect that made him look grumpy.
1: <laughs> I, um... I remember people talking about this at the time, and particularly Oprah Plaza being in it, being like, is this secretly genius? And then I never followed up on it. Um, So I feel like this is the opportunity to to do that. This this is stuck in my head like um, the Kristen Wiig, Will Ferrell Lifetime movie that we watched. And Mm -hmm. hopefully we get more interesting results from that.
0: Who knows? We'll be able to talk about, I don't know, um, (laughs) Feline birth defects, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> uh, yeah. I I remember... Also,
1: I I I do appreciate the the idea of let's smash everything. I, there is nothing that exists that cannot be turned into a Christmas special.
0: <laughs> I mean, Aubrey Plaza is pleasant to look at, and uh, I like her in things.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's the grumpy cat of people.
0: Yeah, she kind of is because we enjoy her despite her grumpiness unlike other people who are just grumpy and we don't enjoy them
1: yeah um mm. so hopefully this works out better than the last time we tried to cover a a lifetime style movie
0: yeah we're we're playing some real russian roulette here with uh with our choices where we're going we like th- this isn't our mystery month that's not for another few months yet but uh boy howdy did we uh load up the gun in a strange way <laughs>
2: mm-hmm
0: anyway until next week when we talk about a apparently the worst christmas ever you our audience our listeners our campers can continue the discussion on our twitter our blue sky and instagram at all of the same handles i am at indigo r-h-y-s spelled the welsh way
1: and I am at Sour Citrus Lady. You can follow the pod on at Is It Camp Pod. Until next week, wait an hour before swimming. Watch out for snakes and stay camp. Bye. What
2: you like it? Not too camp? No, not the way you do it.